The following is a live broadcast of a Lone Star Community Radio program. Recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Connors FM 104.5, 106.1, and Facebook.com slash IRLoneStar. For more information on this show, please visit our show page at IRLoneStar.com slash shows. To sponsor or donate to this program, visit our donate page at IRLoneStar.com slash donate or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com, or give us a call at 936-666-1084. Lone Star Community Radio production and broadcast is possible by folks like you. So sponsor and donate today. Hey, this is Skippy for Mornings with Lone Star with Dick and Skippy. You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe. And worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Hi, this is Tony Collins, and you're listening to The Legal Connection Show here on Conroe. And we host The Legal Connection Show every week on Tuesday at noon. Uh, My co-host, Cheryl uh, Ellsworth-Jahani, is here today with us also. Uh, She is going to be on her phone, though, because... Uh, and feeding in with us this way to co-host because she had a painter show up at her house, and that's the kind of uh, station we have. <laughs> that's the kind of show we have. She and we keep on making fun of it, and she's not, but I am. I just keep thinking of that song. She has a paint, a red door, and she wants it painted black, and I can't get out of my head. So sorry about that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, we're but it's on, not black, um, Tony. <laughs> oh, it's not. But no, it, no, it's it's wood. Okay, but it wasn't red to begin with. <laughs> No, okay. it wasn't. It's just that song, Tony. Okay, I'm being dumb. Um, anyway, we're on FM 104.5, FM 106.1. You can get us on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You can listen to us on the Internet. And uh, just last week I was talking to you about this earlier today that we had a show on um, the MDX uh, contract, uh, tracing contract that was the two. MT, uh, uh, Mary, Tom, a xylophone, oh, MTX. MTX, contract yeah, it, tracing. It was, that contract was awarded to, by the state of Texas, it was a $295 million contract just for the state of Texas. And it was uh, privately bid. I think there were only like five bidders. And MTX was one of the groups. And they were big bidders. They're, they weren't just they weren't just little nobody places. They were big. They were like oh, the yeah. Facebook giants, you know, the the, mm-hmm. the IBMs or whatever uh, people exactly. that actually had done this before. And then go on. What do we know about it? And then MTX uh, picked up a couple of contracts. I think they got one from Oklahoma too, but they've never done anything right, like that. Nothing this. that they had finished. No, no history of, of success. Uh, ever. And, uh, you know, our listeners may remember Grant Bynum, who started Open Texas, who is, uh, that's a Facebook group. It's a private Facebook group, so you have to be accepted into the group. But he's also my brother. He started that. And Grant is the one that blew the whole lid off of the MTX contract for the contact tracing. And they actually had a demonstration outside of their office building, I think it was over in Plano, Texas, Mm -hmm. right outside of Dallas, Mm -hmm. and Grant said that these, you know, they just rented some office space, Mm -hmm. and it was not, no one was there. There was like one employee. They're mostly, their employees, I believe, are from India, Right, and they're supposed to be the company that's collecting all of our Texans' (laughs) personal information, Mm -hmm. and uh, so 
Yeah, it was quite a, a stink. And uh, when Grant they did the, bring... the protest, were you, are you saying that the day that they did the protest would have been a normal work day and nobody was there? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, mm-hmm. We do know that if you go to um, if you Google the MTX contract tracing and um, just put it uh, in there and you can put Grant Bynum or, or whatever, just put that in there though. Uh, Grant has a, a little video that he did showing that within, I guess, three weeks from the date that they set this office up, there was nobody in it. It's just a, right. a little 1,500 square foot hole in the wall. They've got, they don't even have a sign out there. And, and what's, what's critical to our listeners and why we're talking about right now is that uh, Governor Abbott granted this $295 million contract to trace people mm-hmm. that had COVID under mm-hmm. an emergency order. And he didn't let, he didn't go through the vetting process that you normally would or let the legislature get involved in it to approve it. And so we learned that uh, five of our, our Texas representatives, one, of, I think Stephen Toth is a representative here in the, the Spring Woodlands Conroe area. He is one mm-hmm. of the, the five uh, representatives from Texas that have sued Governor Abbott to cancel this contract because it wasn't right. vetted properly. And they mm-hmm. felt like it was, it's not constitutional. And, and, of course, we agreed because we did a show on it. But mm-hmm. the reason that even came up is because um, uh, we had th- that show got picked up by Newsbreak. And it got thousands and thousands of, of listeners and a lot of feedback uh, because it was important. And so our when we give our call on where you can find us, it's not just some little thing. It may get picked up nationally, and that one did. Yeah. So um, Yeah, because it's, yeah, it's important. And it, it's not just Texas. There are several other states that contracted with this group. And it's, um, it's just it's unbelievable to me how irresponsible uh, people are that are in our government that are uh, in receipt of $295 million. And I love Governor Abbott. I, I love I this know. guy. I mean, I think I he's know. been so um, – and uh, he's been so on point, and everything he said has been so reasonable. But this – I don't know why this one didn't seem reasonable to me. I, I can't go along with it. it the, of course, we don't. We won't know until the lawsuit. We may not have all the information, but based on the yeah. information that we do have, uh, what, there was no emergency that could not have gone through maybe an emergency session with the legislature, and uh, with a different with a, with any vetting process. Now we don't mm-hmm. know that one wasn't done, but there. But the people that are involved in it, our state legislatures, the the representatives, mm-hmm. they're saying they didn't know about it, and they would know. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. uh, so we'll be following that. I don't have the the federal case number, but um, it, it came up. Uh, it was in the paper, and then I I looked it up briefly, and I've asked. Um, a representative Toth to be on our show. Uh, so let's see where that goes. I'd like to hear what his uh, take is on it. Well, well, Tony, was that filed in federal court? In federal court, or yeah. State court. In the, okay. the Southern District right here in Houston. Okay. So, okay. Um, yeah, it's federal. And if anybody, and I'm kind of stumbling through this, uh, those records are public. Anybody, any listener can actually get into the federal system. And we've talked about how to do that on our shows before. But um, mm-hmm. you can get in there and actually read uh, what's filed. And, and what their allegations are, and follow the case. It's it's always fun and interesting. I wish I had a little bit more time. I have too many cases I'm working on right now to, to follow that. But but I think that if we get um, Representative Toth here, uh, he'd be able to explain it maybe in short order, and I don't have to go read that. 
So, so crossing our fingers that he answers and we can get him on our show. Um, okay, right. well, today's show is uh, hopefully, hopefully, our final show on uh, Stand Your Ground and, um, you know. Second Amendment. Second Amendment. Stand Your Ground. And how it's associated with what would you do in a situation where you felt like you were under invasion in what in different circumstances and having a gun not having a gun and um how that may be uh, you're affected with your homeowners association so we're going to hit on that and where we left off last uh show is we were talking about standard ground law and do you still have that in front of you if you don't i do um do you want to tell us about what standard ground I is don't. okay well i, I will... can i can talk about standard ground okay a uh, standard ground is that uh, i in some states i think there were 30 states maybe 35 that do have standard ground doctrine Mm -hmm. and it means what it basically means is that you have no duty to retreat like if you're in your home and you are under invasion you have no duty to retreat even if you can right then there are other states that have duty to retreat laws if you can retreat to a safe place yeah without hurting anybody uh, with a gun or something like that you don't have have the defense of stand your ground right or the castle doctrine and and Mm -hmm. just in a nutshell um the stand your ground law allows people to use deadly force against someone else if they feel they are in danger um conversely it prohibits an individual from arguing self-defense if they provoked a threat from someone else so you can't invite somebody over and say get out of my house i'm going to stand my ground uh you can't be the instigator but certainly like the couple that we talked about last show in st louis um Mm -hmm. if you feel like you're being attacked and we have this this self-defense then that is a defense and they they should not have any action against you and um so what we had gone on and in texas we are a stand your ground state where you don't have the duty to retreat and so you could Mm -hmm. use deadly force if deadly force is being used against you or you feel that threat and because it is up to you as the person that is responsive to it in other words standing your ground you have an uphill battle of showing proving your self-defense because that's an affirmative defense that's right. so you can't just go get your gun and be like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna save my house or my car or whatever uh and, and stand your ground applies to your car too if somebody just like we were talking about in austin if somebody walks up to your car and points a gun at you or threatens you and you've got your concealed carry or you've got your gun hidden in your car or and you have access to it you have a right in texas to defend yourself with the same force so if someone's holding a gun to you and you have a gun you can shoot them if someone's holding a knife close to you and you have a gun you can shoot them but i still say and we've gone over this before that get your wasp spray that's the best thing mm-hmm. you don't want to kill somebody i'm mm-hmm. i guess i kind of have that sort of that i, I trying to interpret the bible doctrine thou shalt not kill <laughs> that mm-hmm. if in, if in, in doubt because you know if this person's crazy or not maybe they don't have a gun mm-hmm. uh just maim them mm-hmm. for the moment and wasp spray mm-hmm. will do that temporarily blind somebody okay so mm-hmm. here was where we left off last week um uh, we gave a scenario, and we're going to have uh, you kind of think it through so you can answer these questions. And since you're my co-host, I'm going to ask you, and you're going to be like our listeners, all right? Okay. Okay. So, okay. It's midnight, and you awaken to strange sounds. Someone's outside the front of your home. Uh, you get out of bed, grab your firearm, run to your front window, and look outside. Now, let me just stop and ask you this. Have you ever done that? Is that something that you and your husband have ever experienced, you and Sam? Um. Well, I mean, we've, we've been close. I mean, I remember one time we lived in a, a big old house, and there were some kids. They climbed <laughs> the up mansion the next to, the, uh, what was his name? 
Whoa. Ross Perot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that was a different okay. house. That was a different. This was another big this house. This is the mansion in Boulder or the one in Colorado? Uh, in Colorado. Um, yeah, I remember getting a gun. Sam wasn't there that night, but mm-hmm. some teenagers had climbed up on the balcony, and they were right outside my bedroom door. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got the gun mm-hmm. and looked out and saw them and waited for them to leave because I realized, you know, it was this really nice house and well-known in the mm-hmm. community, and they were just being stupid kids, Good. daring each other. So they climbed up the spiral staircase that was right outside <laughs> the bedroom, mm-hmm. and they were right there, but then they did leave. Okay, so, so that's, no, that's I, what you're supposed to do. You did exactly the right thing. You had a level head. I'm scared. Yeah. I hear something. I've got a gun. But let me... From my own, uh, you know, castle, so to speak, let me look out and see what's going on before mm-hmm. I, I get crazy here. And you saw it was just a bunch of teenagers. And, you know, they, they there did. There were like about four of them. And, I mean, it was scary. But, mm-hmm. you know, they were giggling and laughing. I didn't get the feeling that they were menacing right. or treacherous. Right. They were probably high or something. Yeah. I mean, it was Colorado. <laughs> just <you> high. <laughs> Colorado. Yeah, well, you know, they still have that in the old, can I tell you? Um, uh, Jim is afraid that... Um, that more laws are going to pass in our next election to allow more states to have, uh, you know, to have pot and various other drugs. And so uh, he's, uh, I guess we're, we're looking into more of our auctions. <laughs> he thinks that About drugs. About doing what? Um, well, Maybe because Texas? he thinks that, yeah, he thinks that we're close because it's that's the trend. And that he's mm-hmm. fearful because when people are on drugs, they do dumb things. They are not yeah, but making... we're talking about marijuana, though, Tony. That's yeah. not. That's and yeah, fun. but he's just fearful, and so. But but you're right. In Colorado, yeah. they just got the marijuana thing going. Uh, that's where all my clients want to go when they're on probation, when they can't because when on mm-hmm. probation you can't leave your state that doesn't allow it to a state that does. That just not how the system works. Mm-hmm. Uh, finish time first. Okay, mm-hmm. so here to finish my story or to finish our scenario, uh, that's when you see a masked man in your front yard peeking into your car and looking around for security cameras. What can you legally do to stop him? Do you have to let him steal your property? Um, let's change it up a bit. What if the sound turns out to be broken glass from your front door and you walk into the, your living room only to discover your front door wide open? You hear someone moving in the next room. You know your wife and child are still in bed and asleep. What do you do? That's a completely different scenario. Completely different. Somebody's in your so house. The first one first. Okay. So you're looking out there in your driveway, right? Mm-hmm. And ha- they haven't broken the windows on your car yet? Um, they're- right. They're just peeking in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, so we're in Texas, and so I guess uh, what can you do? I, you know, it's on your property in Texas. I think you can shoot at them. No, well. I mean, I would, see, that, I would yell. That I need to look up because you can defend your property, but you can't use more force than is than they have. And he's peeking in your car. He's not threatening to shoot you. So exactly. I'm, and you don't even know if he's going to steal your car. It just looks like he's going to. Yeah, maybe he's just, uh, you know, peeking in to see if there's something good to steal in there. And he's going to look, go to the next door neighbors. And we already know. Well, and so I, what's your answer? Well, I don't know the answer yet because I'm not through the scenario. But I will say without oh, looking okay. at it, if as a criminal defense attorney, somebody's peeking yeah. in my car parked outside my house, I'm not shooting at them. I guarantee I'm not even. Me neither. I'm not doing anything. I'm making sure my security cameras are on and I'm taking a lot of notes. Mm-hmm. I'm probably getting my cell phone to record them. But I'm not in fear of my life, maybe my property, because I might be instigating something where my life might be in danger. If he's just peeking in my car and I startle him, he may be wanting to take out anybody that's going to, because he's got a a criminal record, he doesn't want to be taken in. He may come after me at that point. So I'm just watching quietly. And in this scenario, I wouldn't do anything. And I think in Texas, you may have the right, if it's after dark, 
to shoot somebody that's yeah. on your property. But this is not mm-hmm. what I would do. And it's certainly not going to be your defense is not going to be stand your ground. It may be another law. All right. But let's see what we have to say about this. Um, when Now, the other scenario is when somebody has broken into your house and there's broken glass and they're in there and your family's asleep. That's completely different in every way. Uh, I think you have a right to, at that point, uh, it's kind of iffy. You don't know if there's deadly force, but certainly they've broken into your home. And the law that allows you to protect your home in Texas when it's after dark certainly is going to let you go after somebody that's broken your door down. But deadly force, sure. I'm still at night. I'm still having a problem with this particular issue. I don't think you've got to stand your ground case unless you... Uh, can see a gun or you've been threatened with a knife and that's when i say the wasp spray comes in handy it goes 40 feet and you can blind somebody but you don't know if that a gun that that gun is probably going to be uh, more efficient than your wasp spray so i'm still i hear somebody breaking in i'm still sneaking around the house and my my wife and child well my, my husband and child are asleep children I want to protect them by all means, but I've got my wasp spray, my phone. At this point, though, if they've broken in, they may have cut your lines because that's what people do. Well, well, you know, Tony, that did happen to us one time when we lived in the big house in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, we had some construction going. Hope you're breaking up. So, so we had police officers breaking in, stealing Sam's wallet and stuff like that. Uh-huh. We had to get off-duty cops to sit there all night long, but... One time, um, after the uh, add-on, the build-in for the kitchen was done, mm-hmm. they had sabotaged one of the window uh, contacts for the Oh, uh, they had created system. a thing where they could get in. Okay. Yeah. And so one night in the middle of the night, our alarm went off. And this alarm was quite the alarm. I mean, it sounded like the fire department alarm. Oh. <laughs> and sure enough, we go into the kitchen, breakfast area, and the window's open, and the screen is off, and someone was just trying to come through that window, but uh-huh. the alarm scared him off. Oh, good, good. So you had, like we have right now, we have ADT, and we've got, like, silent sensors. They're not videos within the house in all areas, and there are some videos, but, of course, we can't say that because we don't want uh, the, the burglars to know where they're at. But those sensors, right. if there's movement, when you've set it so there shouldn't be movement, will set off mm-hmm. an alarm. But we've got, mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh, ADT, is, we've got, if anything were ever happened to us we've got so many security cameras and systems we don't have one we have a backup to the backup so um mm-hmm. we, we will definitely that's get what you. happened the contact at the window was uh sabotaged mm-hmm. and when they stepped they put their foot on the window to come in the motion detector got them okay okay so you were yeah. safe did they leave what happened yeah, they ran off. Okay, good. Uh, you have to yeah. worry about that, too, because we watch a lot of murder mysteries. Not that I've never represented anybody in this scenario, but uh, a lot of times if you're having work done on your house, uh, mm-hmm. then and it could be situation. a subcontractor of your contractor, mm-hmm. somebody you had no control yeah. over, uh, coming mm-hmm. into your house and making note, taking note. And if you live in a nice place, uh, they're coming in. Uh, people do strange things when they need money, you know. So. Yeah. So that's, uh, but this is why we are doing a show on Sandra Ground. What can you do to defend yourself if this happens? So what did y'all do? Did you didn't see anybody and so there wasn't anybody to? We didn't see anybody. We had the window repaired. and Did you have a security camera to see um, who it was? I don't think, I don't think we had cameras at that house. No, we didn't. But we knew who it was. It was the contractors. Okay. Okay. Or their workers. Okay. So, um, all right. So here, now that we know that we would both do in these situations, um, here's the the following part of our little, uh, I guess, law school scenario. Uh, These are frightening scenarios we hope you'll never face, but we want you to understand the potential criminal consequences that you, as a responsible gun owner, could face if you use force 
are deadly force to defend against certain types of crime involving property. Remember, many states strictly strictly forbid the use of deadly force to protect your property. Not Texas. Mm-hmm. We're not one of those. Okay. Uh, criminal consequences. Let's look at the potential criminal consequences if you face, if you decide to confront these types of perpetrators with force or deadly force. And as we said last show, Texas Penal Code Section 9.41 explains that a person is allowed to use force, but not deadly force, to terminate a mere trespass or interference with property. All right. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. and I wonder... If a mere trespass is when somebody has broken into your property and shattered your your uh, your front door and has entered, that's not to me a mere trespass because no, that's would that's be burglary. breaking and entering. Because that's bur- breaking and entering. Burglary is um, when you have trespassed or broken into a home with the intent to commit another crime, whether it be rape or and at theft night. or robbery. Isn't right. it at night? Uh, doesn't Isn't have to be no. That doesn't night? have to be at night. No, no. Burglary is any time that. Somebody uh, breaks into your property, whether it's a car, because you can burglarize mm-hmm. a car, home, uh, with the intent to commit another crime. And so if they go in and, the, and after the investigation, they can prove that there was a theft or rape or an assault. Or, and that's how a lot of my, my criminals get in trouble is they're not really criminals. They're, they're entering their, their ex-spouses or their estranged spouse's home, and then that spouse claims that they wanted to assault them. And that they had fear, and you don't have to even touch somebody to have fear of the assault or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's how they get them on burglary. So this is more than a mere trespass when they can show that there was an intent. Okay, but mm-hmm. the, the the Texas Penal Code nine four nine point four one is about trespass, and trespass is really easy. It's it's kind of scary, but trespass occurs uh, easy for uh, scary for you and me because we could be trespassing with no intent to trespass. Anybody right. could, based on this law. Trespass occurs when a person enters onto a property knowing that the entry is forbidden or remains on the property after being told to leave by someone with authority. So that means that if your uh, friend invites you over and then you get in a fight with them and they say, well, I told them to leave and they didn't, they're going to claim trespass. When they invited you over, it turns into right. a trespass after you've been invited if you have told to leave and you don't leave. Maybe you didn't believe right. it. Maybe you didn't hear it. So that's that's kind of iffy, and the police kind of know how to kind of glean through that, but that's what trespass can be. Um, theft or interference with property occurs when a person takes another person's property with the intent to deprive them of that property without the owner's consent. And then you've got a gray area again because what if – it's a friend and it's your phone or you think it's your phone or you lent them something and you're just, they're giving it back. And then they, there's a lot of things that can, can change the, the climate of whether it's trespass, theft or interference with property. So, um, using force or deadly force, these things can just change depending on who's saying what and when. All right. But that's not what our show's about. It shows about there's a legitimate criminal involved here and they're trespassing, or they've committed a theft, or they've interfered with your property. Um, now, going back to our example, if you grab your firearm, go outside, and fire a shot at the trespasser, or somebody merely creeping around your yard, you will likely find yourself facing a serious felony. Okay? So the answer here is don't do that. Um, in these circumstances, mm-hmm. Texas law only permits the use of force not deadly force. Now, mm-hmm. I know that there's another law in Texas that if somebody comes onto your property at night, you have the right to shoot them. But you're still looking at, at trouble if they come onto your property and and you threaten them with deadly force, even though they're not, they're up to no good. Uh, so mm-hmm. don't be relying on stand your ground because that's <coughs> what happened to the St. Louis couple. 
Uh, I think they had every right in the world with the pandemic and people coming onto their property and breaking down their gate and threatening them to have at least the same amount of force because these people had guns that were coming through the St. Louis community. But yeah. but they're got, they got arrested and charged, and now they've got legal fees and they've got problems because their uh, uh, district attorney decided you threatened those protesters and uh, you uh, even if you didn't directly point at them you had a gun and they felt fear and so now we're going to charge you with um, I think it might have been felony assault or dangerous weapon or whatever it was a felony though a felony is serious whether you're in Texas right. or in you know Missouri Louis, so, right. Louis. so these people got a, a felony charge against them for the exact same sort of scenario but not exactly. There was a pandemic, and these people were. Well, they them. didn't. But Tony, they didn't use deadly force. They, they brandished a weapon right. uh, to protect their property, True. but they didn't use deadly force. But they had the threat that- of deadly force, and so that's what they're saying. But well, I agree. I think they had every right to be out there with their gun, saying, "Hey, uh, I'll use it if you don't get off my property." And because uh, mm-hmm. these people had guns too. I, if they, if the St. Louis couple had security cameras that were, and they may have, we haven't gotten this far with these facts yet either, that show that the people within that crowd, any one of them had a gun, then they're completely off the hook because I believe Missouri is a mm-hmm. ground state. Um, okay, now, now what if the trespasser sees you, but instead of running away, he comes toward you with a weapon in one hand and your property in the other? It's impo- <laughs> I think that's a very different. It's important to note that this is no longer a mere trespass. It has quickly changed to an attempted murder or an aggravated robbery. The distinction mm-hmm. is important when we discuss the use of force or deadly force because if you choose to use deadly force and fire upon the perpetrator, your conduct will likely be justified in this scenario. Now, remember, the starting point for using force or deadly force in Texas can be boiled down to two things, reasonableness and immediate necessity. Very important. Is it reasonable, mm-hmm. and is it there an immediate necessity? In the case where you were looking out your window and you saw the kids, was it reasonable to first look out the window? Yes. Was it reasonable to shoot a, a bunch of kids that you didn't know what they were doing? No. So that was first, the first prong, you did the right thing. You just watched quietly because mm-hmm. they didn't know you mm-hmm. were watching. Um, mm-hmm. Immediate necessity. There was no immediate necessity because they weren't up and in your house. They didn't have anything in their hands. So so, yes, uh, and you said that this one happened in Dallas, so this would have applied to Texas law. Um, so, in reasonableness and immediate necessity, keep a cool head if somebody has, if they're looking in your car, if they're peeping around your property, if they're walking to your property. Uh, uh, those two prongs are the first things that you want to think about if you've got, if you're cool minded. Now, so when can you use deadly force in Texas to protect your property? In Texas, Texas law allows you to use deadly force to protect your property if you would be justified in using force and you reasonably believe it is immediately necessary to prevent the eminent commission of specific enumerated property crimes. These are arson, burglary, robbery, aggravated robbery, theft during the night, or criminal mischief during the night. So that's a pretty, that's very broad. Criminal, yeah, no kidding. Criminal mischief during the night leaves the door way open. Because you mm-hmm. had criminal mischief at night with the people, the kids that were, you know, dr- laughing on your property. That would fall into mm-hmm. it. But then mm-hmm. it would also be your burden to prove that you were reasonable and an, it was an immediate necessity. I think mm-hmm. you may have had a case there because here you are, a woman with six kids. You had six kids at the time, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's a crazy woman who'd had six kids. 
Mm-hmm. I see. I would think you'd mm-hmm. be Catholic. And you would have to. No, and you would have to actually prove that you're not crazy for having six kids. Right, that's what I'm saying. Just because you have six kids, right. yeah. Right I had right a away. lady at a nail salon ask me one time if I had mental problems. Yeah. Well, I mean, immediately I'm thinking, well, it's because she's Catholic. And then I found out you weren't. And I'm like, the day will come and I will convert you and you will be Catholic. I know you say no, but I know it's going to happen. It's me and Mary, and we're praying the rosary every day for you. Okay, so turning to the second example, we discussed early the sound of breaking glass and finding your front door wide open. It is very likely that you've discovered that the imminent commission of one or more of the crimes that we just discussed, where Texas law allows for the use of deadly force, can be used. The bad guy Mm -hmm. is no longer a mere trespasser, and his conduct is elevated to the point where he is probably committing or attempting to commit burglary or worse. So at this mm-hmm. point, you actually could use deadly force. So, um, but don't mm-hmm. be. That, that makes sense. Yeah, and when when you've got um, these people like we were seeing on the uh, the murder or the Dateline shows and all that stuff, where they try to make mm-hmm. it after the fact look like deadly force, don't be doing that. The truth will set you free. Yeah. Don't be making. Yeah. I see this even with my own, you know, some not my own clients, but people I've represented in the divorces and in other domestic situations. They try to make it look or sound worse than it is, and then they just mm-hmm. make it worse on themselves because now you've got. So a lot of bad things going on. They're liars. You're liars. They're bad. They're said so no. Just leave it alone. You know, document it. If you've got, it, get it under control. If the person is left, immediately call the police and mm-hmm. and, and protect your family. I mean, you'd know. I think instinctively you'd know what to do next, or you hope you would know what to do next. Okay, recovering right. property. Let's take both examples one step further and address a common question we're asked. What happens if I discover the criminal already has my property and runs away when he sees me approach with a firearm? What can I do to recover my property? When it comes to using deadly force to recover your stolen property, Texas juries have a three-step process to decide if you were legally justified. So you can't go running after him with your, you know, jewels in your hand, in his hand, running with your gun at this point. Okay, but right. let's look at the three steps because I'm now I'm mad. You know, he may have gotten he's gotten away with it and he's not going to get away with it. He's running away with my stuff and I caught you and I want it back. And this guy's a fast runner. Okay, here are the right. three, here are the three right. steps. The jury must find that you are justified under Texas Penal Code 9.51 to use force to stop the trespasser or an interference with your property. All right, so you'd be justified if he was running away with your crown jewels and you didn't have insurance on it. All right. Uh, Mm -hmm. Number two, the jury must decide whether you had a reasonable belief that deadly force was immediately necessary to prevent a perpetrator from fleeing immediately after committing a burglary, robbery, aggravated robbery, or theft during the nighttime. So I'm going to read that again. The jury must decide whether you had a reasonable belief that deadly force was immediately necessary to prevent the perpetrator from fleeing immediately. So the jury's got to decide that, I guess, it's kind of what's going toward you could shoot the perpetrator if he's got your property in your hand. They've got to decide Mm -hmm. that you... but. Would it be reasonable to use deadly force, let's say, to prevent the perpetrator from fleeing? Well, yeah. <laughs> I guess at this point. Well, I think, I think the law in Texas, though, is that you can't. You can use equal force, and you can use a lot of force to get your property back, mm-hmm. meaning you can punch them and kick them. I mean, but, you know, the example that you're talking about is a good one because here in our hypo, we've got a man breaking into our house, mm-hmm. stealing stuff, and mm-hmm. then it's, we as women, we're supposed to chase them. Well, right. how in the heck are we ever going to catch him, yeah. you know? Well, I mean, we've got a gun, though. We could shoot him. 
Yeah, as I'm saying, and, and, and maybe that would be part of your defense. Okay, that so we haven't gotten to it. step three yet, but the second problem oh, okay. is you had a reasonable belief that deadly force was immediately necessary to prevent this thief from fleeing. So you get this is on your side now. It was the jury's got to decide that that as a woman holding a gun and you're watching them stealing your jewels that are not insured and it's a hundred thousand dollars worth of was stuff and you know it because uh, mm-hmm. you, however you know it you can see the little bag in his hand and of course now you're gonna have hope that the bag is still in his hand and you can't put it there after you shoot him dead. But uh, there's reasonable belief right. that you had to stop him with deadly force because he was running fast and he had a gun but he wasn't facing you. This is kind of like the Burger King guy over there in Kentucky, except for I don't believe that burgers. You know, or what? I don't think this guy had anything in his hand. It wasn't a robbery. He was just trying to get away because he had a, a criminal record. Well, and, what he had in his hand was the taser, the cop, right? Oh, that's, that's right. That's the one he, you're talking about? He did, yeah, he did steal the, the police officer's taser, and he wasn't running away. And, but I don't know what the law is in Kentucky or whatever state that was. But uh, I but, um, Wasn't it Atlanta? Was it Atlanta? I think it was Atlanta. But here, no. if this were Texas, this is saying, did, did that police officer have a reasonable belief that he needed to use deadly force to prevent this guy that's running off from the Wendy's from taking his property? So far, the police officer is, uh, you know, he's got two for two out of three. So he's looking good if he were in Texas because he's trying to recover his stolen property. All right. Uh, now, here's step three. The jury must find that when you use deadly force to protect the property, you reasonably believed it could not have been protected or recovered by other means. Or using something less than deadly force would expose you to a substantial risk of death or serious bodily injury. All right. Well, even in those terms, the guy, the police officer, will prevail in Atlanta because this is saying that— Well, did you hear about the thing that happened in Austin a few days ago that— Ramos, his name was Ramos. Uh, the cops shot him and killed him as he was driving away. No. We talked no, about it, but terrible. I didn't know what the story was. What happened? Um, the uh, 911 got a call that somebody was sitting in a gold Prius, mm-hmm. and they were smoking crack and making meth or something like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. They said the guy was in a white T-shirt, and they described the car, so like six cops. Seven cops showed up, and this was in Austin like a week ago. Yeah. It was right after the guy got killed in the protest. He was shot by a uh, an Uber driver. The okay. protest, and then car. just to interject, my oh, I'm listening to the story as a criminal defense attorney, someone that would represent Ramos. I'm wondering how would they know that they were smoking crack or doing meth if the windows were up, unless. The witness was close enough to smell it because I don't think crack has an odor. So I'm automatically thinking, how would they even know that? But, okay, keep going. So the cops show up. They surround the car. They tell the guy to get out. So the guy gets out. You can't tell if the guy is Hispanic or black. Mm -hmm. He may be both. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure because, you know, uh, the name Ramos. Mm -hmm. But um, so anyway, they get him out of the car, and the guy starts holding his hands up, and he's saying, man, man, you scared me to death. You scared me to death. Uh What are you doing? What are you doing? And they say, you know, they're yelling at him, keep your hands up, blah, blah, blah. Uh And then he's pulling his shirt up, which is not white, like the call-in person said it was. Uh It was red, I think. Uh But he's pulling his shirt up, and he's making a circle. And then somebody shoots him with, I believe, a rubber uh, bullet. bullet. Uh And the guy goes out, and he gets in his car, and he starts to drive off. Because he didn't want to get shot, him. right? They shoot him through the car and kill him. Oh, no. He mm-hmm. was trying to protect himself from being killed. He was trying to, like any person would do. I just, I don't get this stuff. I really don't. Yeah, but, but here's they the bad thing. It was him. six police officers. You know they've all got guns. 
And, oh, yeah. And you know that if you try to flee a scene in a deadly weapon, which is a car, that they're going to shoot you. But that his reaction well, was to leave. Mm. That's ridiculous. You know, we call these cars deadly weapons, and I mean that. Well, just, I mean, you know, that's my first instinct was whoever called him in, whatever they said. First, you're right. The T-shirt didn't match, and why would you need six police cars for that incident? You wouldn't. You would wait. I, I have no idea. That's I know. Not, you're, there's no deadly. He wasn't armed. Nobody was oh, armed except for the cops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really sad. I watched the whole thing yesterday, Tony. It was really sad. You was it on the Google news? Where did you watch it? I watched it on the internet. That's this is that is not to me that there's that is complete police brutality and injustice. That wasn't reasonable in any way. Yeah, you should watch the it. video. <laughs> that yeah. just scares me. Um, but that, that's really sad. It was really scary. Okay, well I'm going to watch that because the criminal defense attorney in me is saying that. You don't need six police cars under those circumstances because yeah, no one's threatened. Done. There's nobody being threatened. Um, I think there were two or three cars, but there were like six or seven police officers. You would, as a police officer, you would follow that car to their final destination and then watch. But there's no right, right. There's no inter- there's no yeah. serious. Uh, uh, the only person that might get injured is an overdose in the car. So I don't see any. There's nobody being injured. Um, there's no. no immediate harm to anybody other than you've got to, so that to me is bad. And this is why police officers get a bad name because they, mm-hmm. I don't even think a rubber bullet needed to be at that point. The guy. Oh, it, it, it didn't, Tony. You should watch the video. It was completely inappropriate. Yeah, it's really sad. Okay. The guy was freaking out because he was so scared. I'm sure his blood pressure shot through the roof. Can you imagine the physical things that were well, going that on in that you or me. If somebody told us to get yeah. out of the car and we're like, wow, you really mm-hmm. scared me. Because who knows what I'm doing in the car. I'm always looking at my phone or doing something. And I may be mm-hmm. out at some weird hour of the night because I'm always at some crime scene. to get to. I mm-hmm. need to get to the crime scene when the crime occurred so I can... I can feel what's happening so I can experience mm-hmm. whatever was going on so I can see if it's legitimate, if my my clients are actually telling me the truth. So I'm out mm-hmm. at weird hours of the night doing weird things a lot of times. And mm-hmm. at the police, mm-hmm. and I've been stopped by the police and by other residents saying, what are you doing? And it does scare me, but I haven't been shot over it. Um, so that's, yeah. that's, that's you know, completely inappropriate. And that family, I think, has a good, unfortunately, they have a good case against the, I guess it would be the Austin police. Where did that happen? Yeah, Austin Police Department. Man, they're getting in trouble over there. Anyway, so they sure are. <laughs> all right. Also, keep in mind that the three-step process that we just talked about occurs after you've been, the analysis occurs after you've been arrested and ch- charged with a crime for defending your property during a trial, and nothing is ever guaranteed when you put a verdict in the hands of a jury. That's very, very important. Juries mm-hmm. can decide anything. This could go, even this Ramos case could go either way in front of a jury. Civil or criminal. Mm-hmm. Juries just see what they want to see. You just don't mm-hmm. know. It's always a coin toss. And I'd like to say they always get it right, but the person winning always says they get it right. <laughs> so, so you just don't know. It could be that not all the proper evidence has been uh, been admitted. It, maybe it was something kept it out. So you just don't yeah. know. But going to a jury is always really difficult and very, very expensive. And the state funds it if it's criminal. But on the civil side, it's really difficult, too, uh, for the person mm-hmm. that's saying I've been a crime victim. Um it's critical that you completely understand these legal concepts. If you have any questions about your rights to defend your property or any other self-defense law, uh, don't hesitate to email us uh, to, you know, send us a message on uh, on our Facebook page. Uh, we've mm-hmm. got, uh, you know, a place where you can – so if you have any questions, you can ask us about it. But um, you've kind of w- listened to us go through it. And, you know, as a criminal defense attorney, and we also do civil. You know, we're, I'm not looking for more work. I'm, I'm, I'm busting at the seams. But, but these are the kind of situations that are – well, you just told us about a really sad story, the Ramos situation. But – 
at the same time, you've also been a victim of uh, some crime issues, and you did the right mm-hmm. thing. So keeping a level head, having a gun there to protect yourself, is, that's our Second Amendment rights. I think that we need to keep our Second Amendment rights. But also to, um, uh, what is it they say about the Indians have a soft shoe? Uh, I forgot. A big stick, soft shoe, something like that. <laughs> yes, yes, whatever that is. It sounds good to me. Um, yeah, yes, it, it's, but you need to to stop and wait. Stop, look, and listen. It's not like anything else. Sometimes you can't because you've got a fire, someone's fire. But in these situations where you think there's an intruder, you might be hurting a relative or you might be hurting a neighbor that might be just checking in your mm-hmm. car to see if somebody. Maybe they're looking in the car for you. You know, you don't know. You just don't know what people are doing. Um, I'm trying to think. Have I ever looked in someone else's car before? I have. I would the first to admit it. I've looked in someone's car before uh, that's not my car. Uh, for one thing, mm-hmm. uh, it happened once because I thought it was my car, and I couldn't figure out why I couldn't mm-hmm. get open. And mm-hmm. that could happen. Um, I've looked in. Well, Tony, I was just going to say that happens. People remember that uh, shit, that police officer in Dallas that walked into the wrong apartment, shot the guy mm-hmm. about a year ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, people really do walk into the wrong apartment. Yes. Yes. They yes. walk mm-hmm. into the wrong houses, and they think they're theirs. Yep. You know, so there's there is always that. You know, and the problem with this reasonably prudent person or reasonable person is it's a just a total legal construct that examines your actions after the fact. Right. And so our listeners need to understand that you're going to be held up to some reasonable standard that may not enter your mind at the time the crime is being You're not committed. in a situation so that to- is reasonable because this is something that's new. So what right. is reasonable to you at that time may be. It, it may be perfectly legitimate and something bad happens and you're going to be held accountable for it when right. it would not be reasonable in hindsight. So exactly. it's always best just to take a deep breath. And what I say to do, just like what you did, you kind of watch, you hide and watch. And mm-hmm. uh, a lot of these things you want to get out as quickly as you can. And I always say, don't confront somebody, let them take your stuff. Just if you think, I think so too. Just get out yeah. of there. You want to don't try to confront because you, you don't know what you're up against. It's the the unknown. All right, that leads no. to our next. Uh, let me ask uh, Station Manager Dick, how much time do we have? Because I wanted five minutes. Okay, we're going to briefly touch on uh, the homeowners associations issues, and it's um, it has to do with putting no trespass signs in your yard. Uh, what are your rights to that? Because just like uh, this came up, because we've got in our uh, a homeowners association. We've got some neighbors that uh, they were uh, uh, being robbed. Basically, that's what it looked like was going to happen. A rape or some crime was being committed because some people followed my neighbor in uh, to her home when the gate was opened, uh, and the gate doesn't automatically close. And they they came after her, which what I don't have all the facts, but it was it, I think it was a gun, and they were going to rob her in her nice late model car. And they live in a really really nice home, and. Um, what saved her, though, was that she had four big dogs, like big dogs, and the dogs scared mm-hmm. the guys, and they got back in their car and left. They just, they were like, this is, if they killed her, they were going to get die by dog. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. you know, it wasn't, they, they, they just picked the wrong person, but they would have gotten away with it had her dogs not been there because they could have accosted her, right? Gone to her house and stolen, right. you know, what all, who knows mm-hmm. what they really were up to. And so they mm-hmm. posted large signs outside of their gate that said, trespassers will be shot on site okay and so mm-hmm. our homeowners association has now told them they have to take signs down because they're in violation of the be fined and 
they're not budging. They're like, no, we're warning these people before they come in on our property that we're going to kill them if they do this again. And mm-hmm. I think they are perfectly within their rights. But our homos association rules are um, the covenants um, are, are not that clear. They, well, they are clear in the sense that they say you cannot have a sign except for a for sale sign out. And you can't even have a no trespass sign in our subdivision. No signs whatsoever unless you get approval. And our homeowner association, based on our last meeting, said, we're not going to give you approval. We're going to make you take the signs down. And so we're having a stalemate, and so I decided to look into that. And really, to the extent that why can't you put a no trespassing sign up? on your house yeah. what, what yeah. because the law is not favorable to those that don't and here's the law um what is the law regarding posting of no trespassing signs in texas in texas a trespasser who enters another's property without permission can be charged with criminal trespass only if he knew that the entry was forbidden sometimes this will be obvious such as when a private residence is enclosed by a fence a locked mm-hmm. gate. I mean, these people could have mm-hmm. said, in this instance, she said, follow us. I want you to fix my car. I mean, they may have some excuse. Her gate was open. She had just driven mm-hmm. in. All right. She was way mm-hmm. far away from cameras. I don't know if any of her security cameras could have picked it up. Our gate's 800 feet from our, our house. So our security cameras mm-hmm. aren't going to pick up the in-between places. Well, they will now because we took care of that. But anyway, um, because for this exact reason, we're finding out all the time how we have to protect ourselves. Um, other mm-hmm. times it would be less obvious, such as where there's no clear boundary or warning signs. The law in Texas is fairly strict about the need for proper notice and has clear rules about the posting of no trespass signs. So they're kind of stuck between a, har- a rock and a hard place. Um, if hmm. they, don't, they come in, uh, they can trespass unless you've told them not to. And can you prove you told them not to if there's no sign up? And your homeowners association won't let you post it. And there's no posting as you enter the homeowners association that says trespassers not allowed because there's not. Okay. So hmm. you're relying on your little uh, voluntary homeowners association to protect you under these circumstances? For, no kidding. Uh, from your $3 million house? I think not. And so yeah. um, in Texas, a person commits um, a criminal trespass if he enters someone else's property without that person's permission. Having received notice that the entry was forbidden, the last part of this definition is very important. If there's not, if if it's there to prevent an accidental trespasser from becoming criminalized, such as when an innocent hiker strays off the path or onto someone mm-hmm. else's private land, if there's no mm-hmm. warning notice, the trespasser cannot be accused of committing a crime. So they've got mm-hmm. it out. If they're legitimately looking for bad news and they've been kind of scoping out your property, they can say, well, I didn't know there's no sign up. Mm-hmm. And this votes mm-hmm. against our neighbors who want to keep their sign up. All right. What constitutes right. notice of a trespass? As to how a trespasser is given notice, it depends on the type of property in question. Generally, a Texas landowner can give notice in one of four ways. Okay. So there's four ways they can do it. By telling the trespasser, get off my land. Now, mm-hmm. uh, you would, it's going to be, he said, she said, if you don't have any proof of that, I doubt you're going to have your cell phone ready to record if somebody's just startled you as you're getting off of your, out of your car on your 10 acre property that nobody can see yeah. on the street, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the mm-hmm. second way is by erecting a fence around the land that's obviously designed to keep intruders out. Well, on our property, we've got 10 acre lots and they're not all fenced because they're large ranch lots. So this would mm-hmm. not help them either. And it the, uh, says there is a, um, they said there's four ways. One is to say it. One is by erecting a fence. I'm only seeing three here, but maybe I haven't hit it yet. Um, by placing purple paint marks on posts or trees on the property. Now, that I didn't know. I've never heard that. 
I have never heard that either. But it says purple paint, trespass, warning carries the same weight as traditional no trespassing signs, but they must be vertical lines at least eight inches long and on a one inch wide and situated about eye level uh, between three and five feet off the ground. They must be placed in an easy seen location. And it goes on and on. And Dick is giving me the I've got to wind up uh, signs that we have to finish this next week again. We didn't get through with it. But I can tell you right now, we don't have post-ups, so... Uh, Okay, well, guys, thanks for listening. We want to remind you to serve God by serving others. Have a great week, guys. We love you. Today's show was recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and all rights and ownership are reserved to Lone Star Community Radio. For more information regarding this program and Lone Star Community Radio, visit us online at IRLoneStar.com. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station, serving the community with local programming on TV, radio, and online. If you enjoyed today's program, please support us by sponsorship or starting your own show. Contact us today by phone or text at 936-666-1084 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.